Hello, everyone. I'm now going to read John's intro speech and make a note of how many things are wrong uh, with the version that he has. <laughs> oh, we're gonna, we're gonna have to rewrite it like <laughs> soon. Hello again, and welcome to Super Deluxe Games Cast for Thursday, May 14th. Mm, it's definitely not. If you're not aware, Super Deluxe Games Cast meets here every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's daylight now where we discuss the latest gaming headlines of the wide variety of panel members and guests, as well as weekly pre-recorded content. If you've been along for the ride so far, welcome home. And if not, hey, feel free to stick around and maybe throw us a subscription. I do like the casual hey surrounded by commas thrown into the script <laughs> to sound informal. Every single po podcast is archived the next day on our YouTube channel. That's a reminder I haven't even put the one for this week up or last week up, oops, for those who like to watch. And you can find us on all major podcast services for those who like to listen. That's I'm accurate. going to need <laughs> to rewrite that at some point. <laughs> yeah, Derek, I think we're going to have to do a pass <laughs> on this. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, it's been a week. Someone we are, said they don't have sound or picture. Just wanted to... That's interesting. We're going. definitely putting out the everything. Okay, um, oh. Okay, somebody else seems like they're reacting. Yeah, so it, seems it seems like, like they've got it. So, small okay. crew tonight, uh, which is going to be, we're just going to be a fun, more intimate, little bit sillier podcast. I'm Derek. I'm here with my buddies, Justin and Zach. How are you, friends? I'm good. Uh, I am nervous that you just said that we we're in for a silly time, given our <laughs> topics. List. Well, not at the beginning. We have some not very important, serious shit to talk about first. So Yes. Uh, do you want to just go right into that then? Uh, if you would like to. Um, I, uh, I don't think sure. any of us really like this, but we know well, we need um, to. Well, I mean, if if you think it is appropriate, I think it is anything appropriate. Else to say Please forgive me yeah. for eating ice cream through this section. That feels inappropriate, <laughs> but I won't stop you. Um, so, uh, first off, I just want to mention that this is a... Um, this message uh, was prepared by us as as a group um, to kind of touch on some of the events and things that have come to light uh, in this past week. Uh, we all have looked over it, and we feel that this pretty um, solidly represents our thoughts. Um, so throughout this past week, dozens of people in the gaming community from all gender identities and sexual orientations have come forth to detail painful stories of abuse and harassment that they have endured in this industry. From giant AAA publishers to small indie houses to PR and journalists, streamers and fans, the world of gaming has shown the pervasiveness of this issue. We at SDGC stand in solidarity with all of the brave survivors coming forward to tell their story in hopes of inciting change. These accounts are painful for those that share them and painful to read, but we hope they can lead to a positive and long-lasting shift in the industry culture for the better. If you see anyone coming forward with these stories, believe them. The immense pain and harassment that often follows from sharing this story is not something anyone would willingly put themselves through. These memories are hard to focus on and very difficult to share. If you know anyone impacted, please support them. If you know or follow one of these abusers, please cut ties immediately, even if they have been friendly to you. These actions need to have consequences for behavior to change. The reason this many abusers have permeated the industry is because they have been shielded and allowed to act without repercussions for too long. They need to face consequences, and the people they have hurt need to have their voices supported and raised up. SDGC wants to make it clear to our community that we have zero tolerance for abusive behavior. If anyone has any concerns about our guests, 
members of our Discord server, people we associate with, or any of our panel members, please report it to one of us or our Discord mods, and we will deal with it immediately, and your anonymity will be preserved. While our hearts are heavy hearing these stories of pain, we will continue to aim to build a safe community for all who want to join. Believe and support survivors, raise their voices, and thank them for their bravery. So do we want to talk a little bit about, just briefly, kind of what's been going on, how this is making us feel, you know, kind of bring a more personal element to this than just, you know, the the statement yeah. we kind of agreed on? Because I, I, if it's okay that I kind of start for go, a second. Go right ahead. Go um, right ahead, Derek. This, this has been a rough week, um, which is something we're saying more and more frequently. Um, I do not usually know how to talk about these kind of subjects. Um, you know, I was uh, an uh, abuse victim myself uh, as a teenager and, uh, you know, victim, survivor, different people prefer different terms. I'm personally not very, um, very, 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 I don't feel very strongly one way or another. I know some people feel differently. Um, but this has been wild. And we've seen every end of the spectrum. We've seen, like you said, people in media, and people in development, and people in publishing and PR. We've seen um, people across the gender identity spectrum uh, who are both victims and abusers. Um, we, yeah, it has been a, a, a weak trademark. Um, it, we even got the full spectrum of uh, having to deal with with a very, very extremely rare example of false allegations where uh, somebody was spreading. Uh, word that that other people were an abuser um, in in this specific case. I think we can say it publicly because it was said publicly, right? Like what's going on, and we all got to the bottom of this. That that Jenny Wu, who's been outed as a harasser by several people, was spreading rumors about, for example, Kyle Gatto, other industry media friends. But the ultimate thing is that when that stuff came to light, we all figured out pretty quickly that that was bullshit. Um, versus when other other examples like Chris Avalone, uh, you know, when, when his first victims came out, there was a swarm of people ready to back that up, and we pretty quickly figured out that that, that stuff was, was true. Um, so even the examples of, of where we get false allegations, which are such extremely rare cases, it still behooves you to just believe victims uh, from outright because when things became open we got to the bottom of the false allegations and the true ones and and pretty much all were on the same page very quickly and we've spoken to like Kyle Gatto and others who were harmed by and these false rumors and they pretty quickly understood and forgave us for you know wanting to side with victims at the beginning you know because they understood because they're decent people you know um and it's been it's been weird. It's been hard. This has been a situation that I think tests our ability to handle um, sexual harassment allegations. You know, and um, I feel proud of the fact that all of us, at least internally, as we're talking about it, we have all chosen to stick to believing victims, regardless of whether or not it was somebody close to us or not, whether it was inconvenient or not. You know, we've we've pretty much stuck to our guns on that, and. It seems like, I don't know if y'all can speak for what y'all are saying. It, it seems like the vibe's pretty good out there in terms of being supportive. I don't know. 
Sure. I've got some stuff to say, Justin, but I wanted to, you know, maybe give you an opportunity. Uh, go, go ahead, Zach. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just wanted to say to, to, to both, thank you, Justin, for reading that um, and, and for, for so concisely, uh, like, distilling how we've all been feeling all week. Um, and Derek, for sharing your perspective. And I also wanted to, to echo that, like, um, like, yes, it feels good that we are doing the things we need to to, to protect our communities. And that feels right. Um, but we also need to understand that just um, that isn't enough, right? Like we need to be like everyone has a role to play here uh, in protecting our industry and, and, and making it better, um, and and making sure that predators are are one seen and called out and pushed out uh, as best we can. Um, we need to, you know, it's it's really easy to say that hey, when I'm at an event, I am a safe person for you. If you are having something happen, come up to me. It's easy to say that. Um, but we need to find ways to actually demonstrably protect people that isn't just, hey, if I was in this hypothetical situation, I would help you. Um, it means calling out people who make jokes because they think like, oh, this is a joke and it's, you know, it's, it's not the same as uh, me being uh, a predator. Like it, it means like seriously community policing and correcting your friends when they say something mildly toxic. Um, this is a pervasive issue in we lost you for a second. It's not Zach. just, yes, we have seen a lot of cases of very, 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 oh, oh, I'm sorry. Am I back? Yes, you're back. Yes. You're back you on time. Back? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Apologies. Uh, so, so basically, to, sorry to wrap it up. Uh, it's just, it, it is not, it, it's not good enough to say that I have protected my people. It is how can I have my eyes wider open going forward? Um, because there will always, always, always be people um, who will pretend to be there and, and just be, fucking preying on people and we need to do better um and sgc needs to do better but but so does everyone yeah so yeah, yeah. um so yeah i also want to just add that um i also personally am a survivor of abuse and um one of the things that was most useful for me um in college in both accepting and being able to move on from what had happened to me is i became an advocate for sexual assault um I um, I worked with an all I actually was president of an all men's group uh, that educated other men about is issues of sexual assault, sexual harassment, and I was also a member of our co-ed group on, on campus. Um, I went to national conferences. I gave presentations. Um, I met some of the nicest people I've ever met um, doing that. And even in those organizations, people were exploiting their status to take advantage of others. Um, I have ha I had to investigate prominent members of the group that was supposed to be uh, opposing sexual assault for um, for behavior where they took advantage of. Oh, I'm one of the good guys. Um, this is not a case. This is not something that is just unique to the game industry. It's not something that's unique to entertainment industries. This is something that is pervasive everywhere um and you know it, i there were a couple days where i just had to log off because i couldn't read any more stories um but um again i i really salute the bravery of the people that are speaking out especially considering um just how prominent some of these individuals are um like there there have been people that have been well known in game development for a long time people that have been public advocates for other um other marginalized groups um though and those ones really hurt when it's somebody that you thought you could trust 
and somebody that really helped to raise up elements of the community. Um, and these stories aren't going to stop anytime soon, I don't think. Um, and I just really hope that the companies involved and the um, and people in the industry really really take it to heart and make it so that we don't continue to lose voices um, and talented people um, and making people and make people suffer in order to be a part of something that they love. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I know you, you thank people for their bravery and yeah, we, I want to echo that too, but also just thank you for, for, you know, being able to share mm -hmm. um, your perspective and your story with us too. Um, Derek or Justin, do you guys have anything else before we kind of move on to um, hopefully some some lighter topics? Yeah, fuck abusers. It's literally the easiest thing in the world not <laughs> to do that. So how about fucking don't? Like, you know, it's like just as my last little venti piece of like anger because there was no place for anger before. But like just how fucking dare you? Like how fucking dare you? abuse your power over somebody and take advantage of somebody um, who is, who is optimistic and, and who um, believes in your, your friendship and your relationship um, and, and to put that cynicism into somebody and to put that, that pain and attach that to their memory of this industry. Um, you know, I, and, and, and to, to, to do that, that wolf in sheep's clothing of the pretending to be the soft boy, Uwu, like, you know, Nick Robinson bullshit, um, you know, and now there's just, you've made it impossible to, for, uh, the, the people who are targets to tell friend from foe, and you've made it harder for the people who are trying to help to prove that they are acting in good faith, um, which is not a reason for us not to stop or for us to stop. It's not a reason for, um, you know, but it's just like, Fuck. 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 That's what I got. All right. Yep. Fucking man. I'm going to eat some fucking ice cream to calm okay, down. Now you, now you get back to your melty ice cream. Um, You know, I, I have a game I want to talk about that I've been playing this week before we get into, like, actual weekly topics. Yeah, let's talk about some games. You, all right. Do either of you have anything you really want to talk about, or can I just go off? If I can do it real hard? quick. Do it. Do I started it. Batman Arkham Asylum up. I haven't played that game since launch. Because uh, I've decided I'm going to replay the Arkham trilogy, um, and the the PC port of it holds up stupidly well yeah. for like a 360, like an, a pretty early right in the 360s lifespan game. Um, it looks lovely. It it's uh, you know it's got good design. It's got good like narrative design. That opening segment is still just incredibly well like paced and good setup for the game to come. Um, there's still something special about hearing Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill back as Batman and Joker. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just good shit. This is good shit. No, Batman. Way, like, it, it's weird, right? Like, I, I feel like I wouldn't have said this five years ago, but now thinking about that game and like, it's, it's actual like gaming, the, the impact on game development and stuff and design. So like, much lift from it. Yeah, no, like that, that game has to be like in the top 25 best games of all time. Like uh, top 25 is probably actually like, like way too wide like it's probably in the top 15 games of all time in terms of like influence like that game in yeah in terms of sheer influence like that game has such an enduring legacy in so many different games like even even ones that like go like take one element of it and expand on it in different ways like just so much stuff can be traced back to it 
Yeah. Third person uh, uh, melee or short range combat like games owe everything to that, yeah. right? Like your Mad Maxes, your your Shadows of War, Mortar, or whatever. But yeah, it's no, approach to yeah. stealth combat. It's uh, you know detective mode, like just everything, just everything. Yeah. It's uh, and the way that space evolves. Also, I don't know. if I feel like we've talked about this before on, on SCGC. I'm sure we have in the three years I've been here. Uh, the way that your your bat suit evolves throughout that game to just and, be like, more falls damage. Apart. Yes. I love yes. that oh, narrative love consistency that. through the story. Oh, yes. It's so good. It's so good. And, and Arkham Asylum is, much like with the Nolan Batman trilogy, the first one's the best one. So, mm. except for the Arkham games are actually good. Origin is also good. Oh, you took them <laughs> off in case anyone can sound off? No, that's that's probably fair. <laughs> Justin, what about you? I, I, I imagine you've been uh, sinking your teeth into Naughty Dog's latest, mostly. Yes, um, I have been playing a lot of The Last of Us Part Two. Um, I'm not going to say too much about it right now. I think we're going to save it for a much longer discussion because I think that game kind of demands longer discussion. But um, I'm just going to sum up quickly with I put 30 hours into that game in the 50 hours between when it launched and when it fin- and when I finished it. Uh, so I th- I think I liked it. Um, <laughs> no, I I was really really blown away by it um it it was a kind of an overall different experience than i was expecting but one that i found really satisfying and one that really echoed with me um on a lot of levels um and i'm not just talking about the story i thought gameplay wise it was an amazing evolution of a lot of the things that naughty dog has been kind of experimenting with um between you know the original last of us uncharted 4 lost legacy and now Last of Us Part Two. Um, I just, I just, I, just, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm partway through um, going through on New Game Plus now, which is actually kind of remixes how resources and st- and um, and stuff. So like New Game Plus is actually pretty cool. Um, plus I'm picking on, up on some cool thematic things and some foreshadowing that I didn't, didn't before. But yeah, that game's uh, game's truly excellent, and I'm really excited to um, to talk about it more when the time comes yeah it it's um i i i think people who follow us on twitter like no i'm not quite as warm on it as you but like undoubtedly it is one of the most detailed uh console exclusives this generation like un like that's not i don't even think that's like worth saying because it's like obvious but yeah it's it's um insanely detailed the feeling of breaking glass is great (laughs) it does make me want to be gay and do crimes (laughs) well it's a good playground for that. <laughs> um, so I so, want to talk a little bit about. Oh, no! I, I was gonna. I was just okay. gonna prompt you to go, Zach. I I want to talk about this game that entered early access. I think late last week uh, on Steam uh, called Hard Hard Space Ship Breaker, which is uh, a terrible name, um, but a very cool game. Uh, so the basic setup of this game. It's like cyberpunk future. You wake up in an apartment uh, and you immediately check like your iPad and some contract comes through and it's like, hey, congrats, you applied for this job and we're going to let you in. Um, check all of these like really long uh, end, uh, end user agreements. And there are things <laughs> like, uh, there are things like, hey, if you get cancer, you can't sue us. Hey, if you get like uh, uh, crushed during, during this job, you can't sue us. Uh, and also you're gonna take on a billion dollars of debt and you're going to work for us until it's paid off. And like you check all of these boxes and then you just uh, jump and you are in space. And like the premise is essentially 
um, for people who played uh, uh, Fallen Order, it almost opens in a similar way where, like, you are in a ship scrapyard, uh, but it's, like, zero-G, and the, the idea is to, you are alone um, with, like, a guy on your radio who's got, like, a thick southern accent, a lot of banjo music playing in the background, and he's just telling you to take apart these ships uh, into, like, their smallest possible component pieces, and then you're scrapping them into, like, either, like, stuff that's worth salvaging, stuff that you want to burn, and then stuff that you want to process to break down and to, like, break into their um, original pieces so you can kind of make money that way. And so the game is all about giving you, like, these massive ships and finding ways for you to break them as break them apart as quickly and efficiently as possible uh, without, like, like if there's a giant piece of sheet metal, you don't want to cut that into, like, five pieces. You want there to be one giant-ass sheet because it's worth more money, but cutting it efficiently is really hard. Um, and then, so the game starts really basic with, like, here's, like, this three-piece ship that's really easy to break. And then it's like, hey, this uh, this ship has a nuclear reactor in it for its energy base, uh, and it's also got airlock systems. And if you cut it in a weird spot, you're gonna blow up, and you're gonna die. And then you're gonna be. And then every time you die, this game takes money. Uh, they add money to what you owe them because you have to pay fifteen thousand dollars for a clone. So you have like this. It's like it's a really great labor game where like you're doing this really monotonous task that feels really good. And like it's think of um the way the primary weapons in Dead Space work, where you can, like, rotate the way your saw works. It's basically that. It's the plasma cutter. And you're using it to cut up ships uh, into these efficient pieces, and if you, you know, blow up and die, uh, your your debt goes up. So it's, it's like, this weird game about, like, um, you know, this, this in, increasingly Musk-adjacent, uh, uh, like, techno future in which it's, like, space is a wasteland full of, like, corporate bullshit, uh, and you are just trying to make a living doing incredibly dangerous work. And if something goes wrong and it's designed to go wrong, you will pay for it as an individual and you will be stuck under debt you can't escape. Which is like a really dreadful sounding thing. Um, <laughs> but there's something really good about having like this massive hulking ship and you have to move around in like zero G to rotate around your ship to find ways to like cut it up. Um, but it's it's been cool and it's on Steam. I think it's like 20 or 25 bucks right now. Uh, maybe even 15 is it early access right now it is. yeah okay. so it's it's early access it's got like story which is mostly mm -hmm. just like working through stuff but it's i think it's like 20 hours of like like narrative driven uh kind of space space chopping uh is basically it that's cool but, is it is it coming to consoles eventually or is it just pc for now I, you know i don't know uh i the thing okay, about Sam's in chat. He says it's coming, at least coming to Xbox later this year. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, zero G games. I don't. This is subjective. This is for me. But like, I actually, I'm the only person. But like, zero G space stuff. I actually find myself like needing to use mouse and keyboard because yeah. of how you know finicky it is. Because like this game yeah, has it can, like it can get rough. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm super interested to see how they get that to translate. Um, but it has been cool. Do any of y'all have interesting questions about chopping up? Uh, hunks of junk in space. So is it? This is this is not really important, but I it is something I want to know. When you chop up your sheet metal, is it like a long like preset points, or is it straight up just like like Metal Gear Rising ass? Uh, no, it is. Yeah, it's you it's very it Metal here. Gear. Well, so it's interesting. So the tool can only your your the currently my current cutting tool can go vertical or horizontal. Right. But you're in zero G. And so what vertical to you is might not be vertical. Slowly spinning and you go to cut, you're going to cut at a weird angle and it will let you cut. Like if you wanted to cut a star into the side of the ship, you could. 
Excellent. Um, I fucking love yeah, it. Yeah. One of let me just give you a quick anecdote. One of the dumb things I did is I turned off um the the airlock so I could get inside of the ship to dismantle it from the inside because normally you're outside. And I cut through it on the outside, disabling the airlock. And then I went into the ship and started cutting. And I managed to hit the backside of the airlock on the other side. And I caused a massive fire inside the ship. And I'm <laughs> stuck inside of the ship. And it was slowly burning. And my only way I could try to get out was to try to slowly cut a hole through the side of it to, like, weasel my way out as fire <laughs> is slowly building. And it was just like, and it's like an early access game. So, like, the frame rate is just, like... It, like 10 as the ship is bursting <laughs> into flames and i'm just like trying to scurry out of the ship and like in zero g with 10 fps your character is just like really choppy like in zero g spinning it the game actually performs okay i Yo, just but, um, but that motion smoothing though i just do this dumb thing where i'm like yeah i'll put this early access game at 4k yeah no it'll be fine like <laughs> um but no it's it's a good game with a bad name that's that's all I want to say about Hard Space Shipbreaker. I don't know. Hard Space Shipbreaker is a great fucking name. Just call it Shipbreaker. I mean, that's the position. Just call it Hard like, Space. Also, Hard Space. <laughs> my new my new space erotica. It's <laughs> what you're leaving here to do. That's your next project. Oh God. I that actually reminds me. Apparently, like I read a thing about like some weirdness with copyright law and like apparently the reason we have so many stupid subtitles is it makes it so much easier to get what like what you want I'm for sure. like the main name i'm sure yeah like the well, what's that's, that's uh, you know this is what the kids call a segue that is how uh beam.pro became mixer right uh so so for people who don't know is uh, it? this week microsoft uh, announced that they were ending uh their their uh, Mixer platform, their Twitch competitor, uh, it bought two or three years ago. Uh, originally known as Beam.pro, uh, when they went when it was acquired by Microsoft, they wanted to make it a global brand, and they found that Beam.pro was not available as a trademark in every country, so they renamed it Mixer. Um, you might which, remember it as the place where uh, Ninja got paid like ten million dollars to go sit in the 30, corner. Buddy. Thirty million dollars to go sit 30. in the corner. Shroud, Shroud got ten. Yeah, so. <laughs> It's 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 yeah. it's the it's the the kids table that he was told to go sit at for a while for a lot of money. Yeah, and it like made and out that, like a bandit though. <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah, and like which is which is kind of the frustrating thing. Like, there's a ton of on the mixer thing. To all of us, it's like the mixer mixer being ended and, and shut down uh, was inevitable. Uh, but it's all about like execution, and uh, obviously, like that seems like that was way off based on like. You know, like, you know, Mixer did have big names like Shroud and, and Ninja on the platform, but also had a ton of really niche platforms with people who were really dedicated to streaming every single day who were, like, literally sobbing on stream because they were not told in advance. Uh, and they had just spent, like, four years on a platform that was now going to be dead uh, in uh, mid-July. So it, it's just... Um, yeah, and like it was, yeah. it was rather a rather unceremonious announcement too. And apparently, like employees only found out like minutes before, uh, <laughs> minutes before the public found out. Um, and also, it's weird because um, there had been reports of issues with racism among the uh, the mixer staff. And uh, Papa Phil from Xbox, Phil Spencer, got involved and was going to be having a meeting with uh, the person that was making those allegations that morning. Yeah, Derek. 
That is the wildest thing, too, because you know that the plans to sell Mixer were in place before that day. And then the news broke. And then Phil Spencer was like, I'm going to go have a meeting with these people and we're going to figure it out. Um, The same day (laughs) that the sale got announced. Yeah. So my question for you both, though, is so like, do we take the cynical route, which is that Phil knew and was just like, Or was it just that, like, this was bigger than than the Xbox brand? This was the Microsoft brand. Uh, uh, I think it's both. I think it's both. I think think he probably was having the meeting to make sure they knew about who was involved and how to prevent this in other categories. But I'm... I, I'm willing to bet Phil Spencer knew what was about to happen. Uh, I'm yeah. also th- I also think that, like, the one thing we haven't touched on here is that part of the ending of Mixer is that Microsoft... Uh, with Facebook gaming, that does not mean like so. People who have Xbox now, uh, you you will notice there's a ton of Mixer integration on the on the uh, Xbox One. They're gonna get rid of all of that. There's not gonna like put Facebook in in that place. But essentially, it's just going to be like um, they just have a. It's a weird relationship. They've been really weird about it. Um, but basically, that is kind of what made me think that you know maybe this was bigger than Xbox. Maybe it was Microsoft at large. If they're just as a brand going to be working closer with Facebook. Um, which yeah. again, very weird time to be like, "Hey, Zuck, let's get together." Yeah. Um, yeah. But but yeah, yeah, it's a mess. It's a fucking mess. Yeah. It's Zach. Didn't you have some interesting like statistics yeah. to share about some of this? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, I think a lot of people who probably listen to SEGC know a lot of stuff about how COVID has impacted gaming uh, as an industry. But one of the big things is that gaming spending is actually up. Uh, and also people, the hours people are putting in is obviously up as people are stuck at home. Uh, and a big component of that is also, what are people watching? So uh, this week, some, some data came out around... Spoiler, it's not Mixer. It's not Mixer. <laughs> uh, some data came out this this uh, week over how uh, gaming platforms have grown uh, in the COVID era. So for example, um, Twitch was up like over like 100%. Uh, YouTube gaming was up like 40%. Uh, you, uh, Facebook gaming, which is who Microsoft is partnering with, was up 250% in the last few months. And Mixer, since before the pandemic to now, was up 2% in viewership. So everyone else is making hundreds of percentages of increases, which is when you, like, this is just basic math, but I'm just going to say it anyway. If you have 100 million people watching something on your platform and you have 100% growth, you have 200 million people. On Mixer, if you have 40,000 or 40,000 viewers and you add 2%, congrats. That's not a very big growth. Yeah. That's not a so basically like when you look at the when you look at the statistics about closing mixer it made sense um it everything here comes down to like the human element which was like one like how long did you know that you had problematic employees who were like being racist to shit and how long were you just like oh yeah they're yeah this is a bad egg but i'm not going to do anything about it because it's inconvenient and two like what could you have done better to treat people who have like put a lot of time um into your platform i think one thing i saw was that if you had achieved like partner status on Mixer, uh, Facebook Gaming was offering them twenty five hundred dollars for a ninety day contract of exclusive streaming uh, on Facebook Gaming, um, which is uh, like not a terrible deal, but uh, I mean that's for everybody, um, and I think that context is good. But then when you realize that Microsoft did end up paying in full uh, the full thirty million and the full ten million. Uh, to Shroud and Ninja, uh, it feels like a, a bit of a slap in the face, right? Yeah, and especially some people were wondering what happens to them. Do they get sent over to Facebook? I believe, like, they are technically free agents now. 
So Everyone, everyone's been released. Yeah. yeah, everybody's been released from their contracts. So like those guys got their big payday and then can still go back to Twitch. And I wouldn't be surprised if they have some of the biggest streams Twitch has ever seen when they returned to oh, yeah. um, when they returned to Twitch, because on top of the check that they got from Microsoft, like those guys are completely set. Yeah. Right, yeah, so so basically, like, the, the winners here are the already rich and established streamers, yes. and the losers are the people who have a small community who just want to play niche little games with their communities. So uh, that's really fucking disappointing. Um, the one thing I'll say here is that, um, to be gross and corporate, is, like, the move to Facebook gaming is probably good for Microsoft uh, as they go to expand Project X Cloud, their streaming platform this year. Um, having them be able to show a streamer playing a game on Facebook... And then uh, have someone see that and hit play now and be able to do that on Facebook is, like, good integration. Um, but obviously, like, you know, it's not worth fucking really upsetting people who've been on your platform for a long time by, like, cutting them loose with no notice. So, yeah, it's it, it's a messy situation all around. It's one of those things that makes a lot of sense from a business point of view, but, like, just feels like it could have been handled so much better. Yeah. Um. And it's a bummer too. Like I mean, I didn't watch much on Mixer, but like, I thought it was a pretty solid streaming service. Like I thought it had good quality and stuff the like problem, that. The problem was like at the time that it was acquired, it was like king shit. And then Twitch very quickly was able to like like their their early selling point was like extremely low latency streaming. Yeah. And then and then Twitch caught up. And then Mixer's gimmick was you can do like co-streaming where like you can have four different streamers on at once that are all playing together and have all like it's like you know picture in picture mode and then twitch added that too so like basically twitch had a shitload of money a way bigger war chest even under microsoft's banner they had a bigger war chest um and were quickly able to just chase them and uh prevent them from ever building an audience so um despite microsoft's billions of dollars uh there was just never enough investment uh and interest to i mean that grow and we're kind of leaving out that Twitch is owned by Amazon. Oh, so like yeah. this is this is True. a story of Mike now is now becoming a story of Microsoft and Facebook teaming up against Amazon. Yeah. Basically. I mean, it sucks because like it, I mean obviously there's never a good corporation but it's like so the, so your options here are are Zuck or Bezos. Yeah. It's, like, uh, pretty rough choice. Uh Yeah, it's it's not great. It's oh not great. God. Um fuck do we have anything else on mixer before we go to everybody's um favorite uh 80s puppet is that where all this is from fuck amazon and eat yeah. jeff bezos yeah that's yeah. that seems good yep. that seems good. Yeah. That seems fuck good. amazon eat jeff bezos um are we ready to talk about um jeff keely and his friends oh i am yes. i am very I'm ready here for it okay Somebody walk us through what happened. I don't. I'm too young to know who the fuck Elf yeah, is. Joff Keeley got clowned by a fucking cat eating alien. Is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. Basically, uh, Jeff Keeley in his uh, continued series of Summer of Gaming uh, had on a new um, tech correspondent, and it was Alf from the '80s show Alf, who is a puppet that of an alien that eats that eats cats. Um, and he mercifully, he mercilessly, uh, ragged on Keely for a while. And it was, pr it was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> um, lots of Mountain Dew and Dorito jokes. Um, 
it, it was it was a ridiculous thing, but you know what? Why not? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think there's anything of substance. I just it's funny to me to it's talk about the funny. fact that Alf and Joff Keeley teamed up for self-deprecating humor about Jeff Keeley and not about fucking Alf. <laughs> not about Alf. No, <laughs> Alf walked out of that shit scot free. If that was a rap battle, Alf decapitated him. Like is. It's not, not even close. But also, speaking of um, mascots from decades past coming back. Whoa, um, that segue. Damn. Uh, it's not exactly true, but <laughs> um, because he's been around and he has remained in public consciousness and there have been several bad games um, with, his, with his name on it, as well as a very successful remaster um of some of the old games we are getting a new crash bandicoot um that is actually called crash bandicoot 4 it's about time um that took some solid digs at the other games in the crash bandicoot series what other games well. in the crash bandicoot series <laughs> <laughs> because nobody um, fucking bought them or played them <laughs> like <laughs> yeah but um so this is actually pretty interesting because so far, um, under Activision, you know, we've only really seen... We saw the remaster trilogy of uh, the classic PlayStation 1 Crash games, as well as Crash Team Racing. Um, and those were hugely, hugely successful. And it's really cool to see them actually creating a new, um, a new game with Crash. Um, you know, full $60, $60 um, full price, AAA release for... Uh, Crash Bandicoot from Activision is pretty surprising. Um, the art style, I, I'm not a big Crash fan in general, but I love the art style of Crash 4. I think it looks really, really good. Um, and I'm really interested to see how this game does because I feel like Activision has been in a position where they really, really need to branch out um, in terms of their releases. <laughs> And I think this, you know, will bring variety to their lineup. And I think it could find, you know, kind of get them going in a direction where they do, um, you know, some more platformers or things of things of that ilk um, targeting a different audience, which would be cool. Can you remind me, this is this is a different team than the people who did the uh, relatively well-received uh, remasters, right? Yes, I believe Vicarious Visions did yeah. the remasters, yeah. yeah, and they're working on the Tony Hawk remasters now. Right, yes. I believe Crash 4 is being made by Toys for Bob? Yes, is that, I believe correct, is yes. Is that it? Um, yes. So, um, and they did... What what did they do? They did a lot of the Disney Infinity stuff. I was gonna say I feel like they did. Uh, Bob was um Skylanders, right? I'll, oh, uh, Skylanders, yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. Yes, uh, you, you yes. you're right. It was, it was Skylanders. They, uh, I knew it was are, a Toys to Life thing. It looks like they've got some credit on the Spyro. Uh, I think they worked the on the Spyro movie. trilogy as well. Yeah, because okay. Vicarious okay. Visions did Crash, but Toys for Bob did the Spyro one. Because Toys for okay. Bob has been attached to, you know, like I said, they did the Spyro Skylanders, uh, which very quickly became not a Spyro thing at all, uh, and then did the Spyro trilogy. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So it's an yeah. interesting move from Activision, um, and I, I'm interested to see how how well it does. And it's you know it's definitely the only anticipated Activision release. Uh, this year, so that's cool. Definitely <laughs> nothing else coming from Bobby. 
So, so there's there there's we're definitely not six weeks past the latest time that they've announced the game that they release every hey. year with no information about it. Listen, it's fine. Nothing's a- going wrong with Black Ops. It's fine. It's going to be perfectly good. <laughs> it's going to be perfectly fine. No. Just like the last several Black Ops games have been perfectly like a, good. Like a like a covert uh, operation to do some war crimes. Uh, Black Ops is in the shadows and it will emerge ready. Uh, which is just not right now. Uh, no, that game uh, gonna be bad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, we've mentioned it before, but there are a lot of a lot of things that do not seem to be going well behind the scenes with that. Uh, they yeah. changed developers for who was going to be making this year's game, and Treyarch then went from having a three-year cycle to make the next game to a two-year cycle, and a lot of leads have left. Um... So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens to it's, Call of Duty this year. I do not have much confidence in how it goes. It doesn't help that Treyarch's approach to the content in their games is um, about as uh, delicate as a bag full of hot farts. Like, if you <laughs> thought that, man, they saw that article John wrote about the white phosphorus, and they were like, oh, we're going to give this motherfucker something next year. Just you wait. They took that that article as a challenge. Yeah. They were like, uh-huh. we are going to have you commit racial genocide against the Vietnamese, and you're going to enjoy it, gamers. Like, it's not going to be great. I'm just telling you, it's going to be a I'm fucking this, nightmare. I'm in this weird position where I want to drag it, and I will drag it. But I also feel like it's worth being cognizant of the fact that, like, there are devs who will be working way harder than they should have to. No, in that's, that's true. Conditions, uh, because they're p- cleaning up this mess. But I think it's also worth saying, this is obvious, that this this game being rushed and crunched under uh, with Treyarch was before COVID. And so one of the things that happens that I think is a is a, a uh, well-known but still kind of quiet secret is that a lot of these games uh, end up getting support um, from smaller uh, outsourcing firms that will create assets or small pieces to kind of help big studios make their their annual games, right? And so, you know, for example, uh, in the past, some, some uh, Call of Duty titles have, have relied on smaller studios uh, in places like China to farm out assets for them to put in their new games. So under COVID... Those studios might have been closed down or their operations could have been severely limited, which means you are probably going to see games that come out that will A, be rougher because their development cycle was rushed, uh, but two, there were less hands-on deck to just make them happen. Uh, And when you are beholden to shareholders like Activision is, uh, you will be forced to grind out something that will be uh, less content-rich will piss off your your uh, customers and make them not trust your brand as much, make your shareholders upset, and you're going to treat your employees terribly. So it, it really is just a um, really rough, really rough it's, scenario uh, going it's on. It's a real mess. Also, yeah. I, I, I do want to reiterate, um, just because uh, Zach mentioned shareholders, Sharehold- shareholders also aren't happy with Activision because Bobby Kotick is making too much money, which... I don't know if you've ever listened to shareholders. They don't c- usually care what CEOs make, and Welcome CEOs to the party usually 10 make years too fucking whole, late, y'all. Whole lot of money, so I need to know how much money Bobby Kotick makes that it pissed off shareholders. Eat Bobby Kotick that much money. Oh my god! Um, yeah, the year. Yeah, just just one quick little thing. We can move on, unless Derek, you. Want- 
add yeah. something. It's just the year that they laid off, like, what was it? Eight Was it 800 employees in a single day? Was that what they did? Yeah. Um, yes. It was so something went, like 800. So, so the same, like, week that they announced 800 layoffs, they also had their, their shareholders meeting where they announced records, uh, record uh, earnings, but it was less than they wanted. Which was uh, yes. just the like the most fucked up shit. Yeah. Which is like, congrats! This is more money than we've ever made, but we were hoping that percentage point was a little higher. And Look, it wasn't Bobby so Kotick is used yeah. to a certain amount of child prostitutes, and he's got to keep that up. Yeah, yeah, it's a reminder that he's in Jeffrey Epstein's little black book. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. So, you know, a lot of people like uh, Pokemon. And uh, people have been saying, what genre and what platform could they dip their toes in next uh, and s- enter Pokemon Unite? Is that what it's called? Pokemon yes. Unite? Yeah. Pokemon Unite. Unite. Uh, they're making a MOBA with Tencent. And that's all I know about it because I don't play MOBA. It, they have not revealed like any details as far as I'm aware. Uh, and I don't care. This is the uh, fucking best idea. I'm here for it. Uh, look. I have been saying for a while that MOBAs are underrepresented as just like a franchise attempt. I thought that that like more developers need to get into just fucking trying free to start MOBAs um, as popular as the genre is that there's only really what like one that's big. <laughs> it's League of Legends like some people play Heroes of the Storm because they're really into Blizzard's IPs and um I think Dota technically exists, but is mostly played by bots at this point. So um, take one of the biggest franchises ever. Make a fucking MOBA. <laughs> it's a good fucking idea. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, but it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's going to be I, for Switch and PC, right? Switch and mobile, is that what it I think, is? is what I read. And mobile, okay. I yeah. don't know. If there, is it, does it have a PC part? I, I don't think I there's a PC version. I think it's Switch and mobile. Okay, I got confused between mobile and PC, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Android, iOS, Nintendo Switch, uh, which is cool. Like, honestly, that's a pretty good place for all those places to all those platforms to kind of play together. Uh, I assume they're gonna do crossplay, although I don't. I guess I can't say for certain. Um, but I guess this is also just like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this Tencent's um, first time doing a, a major uh, IP push with Pokemon? With Pokemon, yeah. yes. I want yes, to say they, with, yeah. with they, Nintendo, yes, even. I don't think Tencent yeah. and Nintendo have really partnered yeah. before. Yeah. This, Because this, yeah. we, we had received news that Tencent had uh, not donated, uh, invested money within the Pokemon company um, in the past couple of years. And, you know, people were wondering what that was going to be. And I honestly can't believe we didn't see this coming because this is the most Tencent move they could have done with the pokemon license is make a mobile Mm. and switch uh moba this is literally specifically um, a thing that a couple of years ago i was going i want like a pokemon moba this is a specific thing that i wanted before i was on sdgc and now it's here and i'm just like and the monkey paw (laughs) is that it's that it's gonna be monetized to health well that's i assumed when it was a moba it would be yeah Yeah. (laughs) they weren't gonna sell me a 60 dollar complete game and give me free character updates over the lifetime it would be free to start and i would have to pay 300 dollars to get all the content in the game so (laughs) fucking Um, fair 
it'll i'm interested to see how this ends up obviously pokemon fans are pokemon fans so they're mad but like uh, they're always mad whatever <laughs> i don't give a shit <laughs> they've been mad for a while um but i'm interested to see how this pans out i don't really play mobas but maybe i'll maybe i'll download this on my phone and play around with some pokemon in a moba i'm <laughs> I'm also just interested to see, um, I mean, I guess they've got, like, that, and Apex is... Um, You're cutting out real bad, man. Uh-oh, is it, is it my mic? You might need to be closer to the mic, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm very far. I'll lean a little bit. Yeah, get, get uh, intimate with it. What, I, what I'll say is that there aren't a lot of multiplayer games that are big multiplayer uh, experiences on Switch. Yes, you've got your Fortnite, Apex is coming, um, but it will be an interesting experiment to see how uh, these types of like strictly multiplayer competitive games are going to do there. Because like, yes, again, we do have Fortnite, but Fortnite is a social experiment uh, experience as much as it is a game, uh, a multiplayer game. So it'll be cool to see like a competitive ass video game on Switch, right? Because we don't have a lot of those, right? I mean, like, no, Smash, but not yeah. Oh not yeah, with that Netcode play... run, not not online, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not online. Okay. Nobody plays Smash by, by the way, Are you fucking crazy? <laughs> by the way, just on, on a funny note, uh, somebody hacked online multiplayer into Melee uh, through an emulator, and it has better netcode than Smash Ultimate. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame it's a worse game. Oh! Throwing that out there. I'm, I'm spicy Derek, tonight, y'all. Derek, I can hear them coming. Dude, there's a reason hey, I'm not. Up your there's a reason I'm not a tournament organizer anymore. I do not fuck with the Smash community anymore. <laughs> Love my friends from there, but mm, I can't stick around. I'm not safe. <laughs> not with these opinions. Are we are we ready to move on to our next topic? Which, uh, as y'all know, is is near and dear to my yeah. Well, there's there's no details about Pokemon Unite. Just you can play no. as Charizard and go jungling. Like that's that doesn't tell me anything. So, cool, sure. <laughs> it's According great. to the Wikipedia TBD release date. So yeah, they're, they're probably just gonna shadow drop oh, it sometime yeah. in the next few months. Yeah. Like for sure. All right. Well, I'm gonna bring us to our next topic, which was a shadow drop. We're like we keep like dancing towards a good segue, and then I. Wait, and then it's not. Yeah, a good you're cutting out anymore. pretty bad again. I think Discord just doesn't like you. I'm sorry. It's okay. I don't even know that it's your closeness to the mic. I think it's just. I'm just gonna pout about it. Yeah, continue. Is it good now? Yeah, it's good for All now, right. but. All right. Well, I'm gonna tell y'all that um, yesterday, uh, for the first time in a long time, Halo tweeted out something that's not the Master Chief Collection. Uh, they had a teaser uh, for Halo Infinite, uh, which has been quiet since E3 last year. Uh, and this was actually a pretty interesting reveal uh, that was uh, kind of revealing about what you... So so with Halo Infinite, we don't really know a lot, right? We know that Chief is waking up uh, after being shut down uh, after the events of Halo 5. I'm trying to really scratch my brain to remember Halo 5's story very much, uh, besides uh, Cortana uh, goes apeshit. Um, but uh, basically, we didn't know who the enemy type would be. We knew that it was kind of going to be a reboot because Halo 5 was narratively received. Uh, uh, just nobody liked it. Um, but so they revealed yesterday, uh, that the, uh, Atriox, uh, who is like a, a king, king tier villain, uh, from Halo Wars 2, uh, will be presumably the main villain, uh, in Halo Infinite. They, it, all it was was like an audio, like, uh, received transmission 
uh, trailer um, that they kind of shadow dropped, which um, is just really fucking exciting, despite being kind of a nothing reveal. Um, thoughts to to y'all who are not big Halo fans like me? I mean, I I used to be a real big Halo fan. I just haven't been into it too much since 343 has taken over the series. Um, but, like, I, I've told you, I used to spend, especially in college, hours and hours. Like, I remember my roommate and I one year uh, had, like, we did, like, a three to four hour session of firefight. Like, we... Um, so I want to be excited for Halo again. And I I mean, it's exciting, too, because, like, this is presumably one of the first, like, real, like, concrete teasers for Microsoft's first-party next-gen game showcase that they have told us was coming in July for a while. Um, and, you know, is presumably going to be the place where we finally see some gameplay from Halo Infinite and other things that their studios have been cooking up um, for the launch of Xbox Series X later this year. I, I really am excited to see what Microsoft has, is doing um, from a first-party standpoint, and I think Halo Infinite is really important to them, specifically because this is, um, you know, Halo 4 and 5... 4 was kind of... had kind of a mixed reception. 5's, um, at least campaign-wise... Um, was you know mostly negative um master chief collection has had its share of issues over the years um like i think a lot of people really want to see 343 get it right and get it right from the beginning um and on top of that like with all the you know studios that microsoft has acquired um and going into a new generation i think they really need to make a strong statement about um the type of games they can release. Um, and it would be really... Like, I, I think this is a really important release for 343. I think it's a really important release for Microsoft. I think it's a really important release for Xbox for a whole lot of different reasons. And I really want to see it. Hell yeah. So I've got I've got a question. Um, okay. Which, which kind of ties to... So I really have not played the Halo franchise. All right. I, I, I played one on PC way back in the day. I believe mm -hmm. I played three-story co-op with Lena and paid no attention to the story. Um, I am going to need to use Master Chief Collection to catch back up uh, whenever all those games finally hit PC. But I know that 5 is not in the Master Chief Collection. And yeah. it's not on PC at all. So I'm going to have to just skip uh, 5 totally for Infinite. Like, so here, What I are think. the chances that 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 is going to leave me in a weird story space. Like, no, you don't won't. think this is going to be Halo yeah, 6? You think no. this is going to be, like, a good kind this of is going starting to be a, point? This is going to be... I think that this is going to be a Halo 2 and Halo 3, like... Fa like I think this is going to be, like, a fan service campaign. Okay. Uh, that will probably be rebooting. Like, I think they're going to... Obviously, like, they're they're using Halo, uh, Halo Wars 2's uh, main enemy. Um, but, like, if you look at, like... Nobody played that, that, so they've got to explain that from the start. Like. Yeah, and, they're, and they will, because, like, uh, in Halo Wars 2, Master Chief isn't in it. Uh, so they're going to have to introduce, like, how Master Chief learns who, who this character is. Um, but, like, if you look at the... Yeah, like, oh, because, like, also... And also just one of the big things that, you know, like both the 343's games have been criticized from is they pulled a lot of stuff from the lore that a lot of the people that just played the games had no idea about. 
So, like, it was really hard to follow, even for, like, major Halo fans, and I don't think they're going to make that mistake again. Yeah, and I, I think, like, you can just look at, like, if you look at the, the trailers so far, right? Like, they've heavy on Halo 2's, uh, mixed between Halo 2 and Halo 3's, like, visual aesthetic. The music that they're using, like, especially in last year's trailer, like, they're, they're riffing off of, I think it's a Halo 3, like, track. Like, everything yeah. they're doing here is they're like, yeah, you're nostalgic for that good shit, and we're bringing it back. Um... But I also think that, like... I mean, even just, just the armor design for Chief, yeah. like... Yeah. Well, um, like, 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 I know people complained that, like... They got too military. I, I well, actually liked the design in 4 or 5, but, like, people thought, you know, it was getting a little too busy. Um, yeah. And it's definitely the more simple, kind of classic Master Chief design. Well, and it's... I think I think you, you both kind of alluded to this, right? Which is, like... I, I liked Halo 4's campaign. I thought 5's campaign was bad, but it's well. It, they had the reverse issue for me. I didn't think Halo 4 had good multiplayer. I thought it had a good campaign. Halo 5 had great multiplayer, terrible campaign. Um, but I also think that, like, the Master Chief Collection, like, hurt a lot of people because it was, like, the nostalgic thing that, like, people really weren't expecting, and then it was fucked up, and then they finally, they, they dropped it, and then they're finally fixing it for PC and, and Xbox. Um, so it's weird, right? Like, I think that Master Chief Collection... Horrible launch, but it, I think it's also shown that, like, 343 is coming back to, like, be greater stewards for what that IP should be. Yeah. Um, and so that naturally makes me want to be optimistic that, like, if you truly give a shit about this IP and you're not just going to shove Halo Infinite out because, like, you need a new one of these, you're going back to, to the actual legacy and making sure those games actually work. Um, it makes me want to be optimistic. Derek, I also think, for better or worse, I would not be shocked if after they finished the Master Chief Collection uh uh full one through four uh if they try to tuck a five port somewhere in there um just because yeah but i don't know i'll be required to play especially if it's on game pass for pc like fuck it i might as well um yeah. you know i'm not paying anyway so if it's bad i just don't enjoy it and i didn't lose anything but but yeah i just it's interesting because like i said i had a similar relationship with gears where i wasn't very close to the franchise and then i used the um kind of remasters and ports and, and new titles on PC to get into the franchise. And now I'm invested in that. Um, and I, I'm ready to be the same for Halo. I'm ready to care and not be a console fanboy. Yeah, that game. Yeah. Anyway, Halo Infinite, it, it, it's also a big fucking deal, right? Like this is my last thing. Let me stop talking about fucking Halo. Uh, but like, Justin, you alluded to this um, uh, earlier, which was that um, this is a huge deal for Microsoft to get right. Obviously it's a big deal for 343 because I really need to prove get a game right from from the gate um but also it will be hey phil spencer has said like we are not holding our console for a single game it would be very very bad if halo infinite did not come out this year and the new xbox did it would be catastrophically yeah. bad for for it would be a very like like there's for a long time justifiably xbox had a reputation of not having very many first party games i think they're in a great position to to eliminate that problem but holy shit, if you want to nip that uh, that perception in the bud from the get-go, you need to fucking launch with this game. Like, I'm and very not just launch with, And not just launch with this game, launch for this game and have it be good. Like, or just if, functional? Like, this, yeah, yeah, this game, like, because this game is going to be under a microscope from a technical standpoint, from a polish standpoint, from a gameplay standpoint, for campaign and multiplayer. Like, people are going to be out for this game and they need to get it right but also they need to have this game out at launch and they need to talk about stuff that's coming down the line 
so they yeah. can make a statement that hey look we're not e we're not just halo either we have other stuff right so um, no this i mean more than anything like this is this is them starting the wheels in motion for their july event and playstation just went and had a pretty solid show like you best not miss uh after your may showing you know yeah yeah that was and, and now we wait rough. for now we wait for the awkward july august standoff where Ooh. microsoft and sony both refuse to announce release date and price because they're waiting for the other one to go first <laughs> like I, I i'm i'm telling you guys right now it's gonna get stupid with the stand with the standoff that they're going to be at um but it's also going to be kind of fun to watch um yeah. halo it's still an IP that we are interested in. Yeah. It's weird that Halo has had <laughs> such a bad time over this generation of consoles. I mean, to be fair, my, everything Microsoft has owned has had, had no money. at best an acceptable time. Gears did, oh, Gears Gears did, did pretty well. Yeah, Gears punched above we're, its weight. I think and Forza and also Forza. Forza, well, Forza, Forza you have yeah. to work to. Sorry, fuck I up forget Forza. about racing games. Yeah. yeah, no, it's fair. I think you have to work to fuck up Forza, um, but I. Uh, I, I, I like Gears. I don't know. Gears Four was rough, right? People or people thought it was rough. I enjoyed it. Well, it and was. Then five it, I mean, was it, like. Yeah. Five was very good. Four was rough because you, they were like, "Hey, you love barely in this one, and you don't play as him." Like it was. It had the reboot problem, right? Which is just that, like, well, where are my characters? Like, yeah, um, that's true. People get people get huffy when they can't have the exact same thing a bunch of yeah. times. Like everyone was mad about the robot enemies, and I was like, I don't know. They're kind of they're kind of a, a perfectly acceptable. Like yeah, I this podcast I mean, is over. We're I, just gonna relitigate Microsoft Generation now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, no, it's, I'm perpetuating. It's fine. Good old, um, good old Halo. So another game that Give me uh, a moment, guys, people are like finally... going crazy with fireworks, and I gotta check on the dogs. All right, it's fine. Go right. go ahead, go ahead, Justin. I'll just start then. Um, I know Derek will have something to say about this game. Uh as well um although i think he and i see pretty much eye to eye on it so it's been a while since we've heard anything from square enix's avengers game mm -hmm. that's right uh, and they finally had uh, a stream where they showed off some new gameplay new trailer um modok is the main enemy which is really cool um however the game still just doesn't quite seem up to snuff like I'm still getting the idea that they're trying to chase, you know, big triple A game slash games as a service slash co-op um, thing. And, you know, I don't it just does not seem t I love Avengers. I love Marvel. Like the the thing that I it bums me out that I'm not more excited for this game, but like. Um, you know, everything that I previously mentioned, plus I think the character designs are rough. I think they tried to go too realistic in a way that just doesn't doesn't work. Like, if they had gone more style... Like, Marvel's Spider-Man is fairly stylized, even though it still looks like a good AAA yeah. game. Like, like, they at least do, you know, stuff with lighting to make the costumes and stuff stand out and everything. And, like, it just... And also, I was I was thinking about this earlier today. What kind of gear does Hulk equip? Does he just equip like new Short. pairs of well, shorts? Well, like one of them, it looked like he like it was it was like showing his fist glowing and like the veins inside. So it's probably all like 
I don't know, man. Genetic Hulk shit. Games. I mean, also Hulk just getting ge- getting like loot gear as the Avengers doesn't feel right. Like, you know what would be so, funny though? Like, if they just well, get Hulk sweatpants, if they just Hulk's loot was based on <laughs> yeah. that. Give me some leg yes. warmers. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> He's got his new balances on. He's ready yeah, to dude. go. Yeah, dude. We we gotta get him in his uh, fucking. Uh, who's the the really uh, campy workout guy? The giant fuzzy hair. I don't know. I'm too young. Is it fucking? Richard I know. Sims? I know who you're Is talking about. I'm blanking on the name. Yeah. What anyway, was it? Is it Richard Simmons? Is that right? Yes, it's it's Richard Simmons. It's okay. Richard Simmons. I wanted to say Carrot Top the whole time. Like, I know that's not right. I know it's not right. I want Hulk in a Richard Simmons outfit. That's what I want. Oh, no. Uh, uh, but no, this game continues to look very rough. Uh, yeah. And it's weird because Crystal Dynamics, in my opinion, uh, ended last generation incredibly strong with the Tomb Raider reboot. There are problems. But the end of that generation, uh, incredibly strong with a very good game. And I just think they haven't really been able to hit a stride since then, right? Hold up. So was, was Shadow of the Tomb Raider good? Uh, no, no, no. He's talking about the first Tomb Raider. I'm talking he's about, talking about the ended last okay. generation. Okay. I thought he meant that Shadow no. of the Tomb Raider no. was good. And I was like, have I been holding out on this game? Because also, all we did, did is clown on it. Did, like, wait, did they did they even make that one? Or was that a, I think that was Eidos. You're right. Montreal. That was Eidos. No. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was... Montreal, yeah. They've been working on this game for a long, long time. Yeah. Which is also another bummer. Like, yeah. that it just does not seem to be coming together in an exciting way. Because, like, they've been working on it for a long time. They've hired a lot of people. That studio's grown a lot, specifically for this project. Um, and... I feel like the problem like, is... I remember, I remember it got announced, like, three... Uh, it was like three and a half years ago when it got announced. It was like beginning of 2017. It was like in January with this weird teaser that's like, we'll see you in 2018 with information about Marvel's Avengers. And then we didn't see anything until 2019. And like, did, they, did they tease it around the time when they were like hyping Avengers and game? It was like, the 2017 was Game Awards. So it was the winner of 2017. Okay. So... Um, so, so actually I think I want to say infinity war was around the corner, not end game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. So like they're probably yeah, trying was, to get on that hype maybe. Well, I think they were also just trying to make a statement about, Hey guys. Okay. May 2017. May? Fuck. So, I thought it was game awards. Anyway. I thought, I thought it was like, I thought, I thought it was like January or something, but whatever. Um, but yeah, it, um, but yeah, they did have a teaser that said coming in 2018, and then we didn't see anything till mid 2019. Um, but uh, I think part of the no, problem it's, it's, is is just that yeah, go that ahead. Crystal Derek. Dynamics is they're spread too fucking thin. You can make them a bigger studio. You can give them all this time and money, but they're basically trying to make this massive triple A, please everyone, story driven single player but multiplayer co-op but you know with raids online games as a service destiny like third person action game with multiple unique playable characters who are meant to be meaningfully different um and who also each character has like such a breadth of upgrade paths that you know your thor will play different from my thor so like you're just doing too fucking much i i also think that it literally Go go ahead, Zach. Sure. I, I think I, I think the one thing to keep in mind. So if it was announced May twenty seventh, 
probably two or three years. Like, that doesn't mean dev work. That just means, like, hey, your creative director this game um, and pitching it and trying to get funding for it, which means that, like, this game came out right as Destiny, uh, you know, Destiny and maybe the Taken King era uh, was really blowing up. And so, like, you can see the trajectory of, like, they're like, oh, we just made a really good single-player game. But think about that era. This is before God of War. This yeah. is what everyone was saying. Single-player games are dead. Yeah. And so this studio that just made a really great, uh, they made they made uh, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider and Tomb Raider, which were like, like well received and kind of well received. And they were like, oh shit, like we need to figure out what to do next. So they kind of just look at like what's the big thing, and it's it's Destiny. And like, I think even Bungie has learned that like what they wanted Destiny to become and what that audience looks like is not really as big as they were hoping it would be. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, they should they should have just and made a also, fucking narrative game. It's it's wild. Yeah. If yeah, that and, game had started like, a year later. Yeah. Yeah, it it wasn't like they could see Spider-Man and how well that was received. Um, you know, as a focused single player right. game. Uh but I'm still rooting for this game to end up, you know, well, but like yeah, like like when you listed everything, it sounds like the you know, kid who I want to make my own game with the Avengers and we're going to be all these things. Like it, it really kind of feels like that. Yeah. It was like um, game design bingo for the 2015 era. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Though. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I feel like we should just briefly mention is that one of the voice, the people they had doing VO work for the presentation was somebody who was uh, accused of sexual misconduct uh, and they, did they didn't not have time to did have somebody that. redo those those ten yeah. minutes. Do take Which... ten minutes in a booth and nothing. Yeah, ma'am. Nolan just, North like, was too busy to or get just, on like, a phone. Fucking delay your presentation if you can't get VO and. Yeah. Like, well, that and then the the Twitter the 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 live Zoom background thing they shared of of the Captain America statue <laughs> being defaced in the park oh. like was like it, you know. Well, you know Y'all that was scheduled, scheduled like weeks ago in, in, but... in tweet deck for ages, but nobody stopped to think like, <laughs> "Hey guys, they're tearing down all those statues of old uh, old old fucking racist traitors. Should we maybe not do the uh, you know the background about the uh, you know fucking Captain America statue getting vandalized? Should we not do that? No, we're gonna let that go. Cool, mm. that's fine. No one's gonna put that together. Anyway, that game gonna be mess." Um, but hey, they also <laughs> announced that, like, listen, I guess this is the cherry on top of, like, Friday is that they did announce that if you buy it on last-gen versions, you'll get uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X upgrades for free. Yeah. So, like, if the game wasn't a hunk of junk, like, maybe by Black Friday, we'll actually see something good uh, in terms of uh, uh, value there. But, yeah, no, nah, this game hasn't sold me at all, and it doesn't sound like either of you are sold either. I think I mean, I'll, I'll pick it up on pick sale. Up. Okay. You know, but I'll probably pick it up when I'm getting my ps5 and just want to check out games that support it um because it sounds like they're doing very good support for next gen they actually had a breakdown of how they were going to be enhancing the game um on next gen which is cool and maybe it'll have a couple patches by that point so yeah yeah i'm a loser and i read marvel comics regularly um so i'm <laughs> kind of required to buy this game um I don't have an option. I'm pretty sure that I signed on my Marvel Unlimited uh, <laughs> subscription, like in their terms of service, that I would purchase this game. Uh, but I'm going to wait till it hits like 40, probably. I mean, unless it really pulls together in the last couple months, which it ain't going to do. It just looks, it looks hollow. It looks like it's it's just a not incredibly good 
but merely acceptable version of the game I would like to have. You know, mm-hmm. it sucks. Modok is the villain. And I haven't seen like a cool, good kind of like semi-realistic take on Modok ever. You know, he's always just our giant, angry, psychic tater tot in a floating chair. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, he has to be wasted on this game and not like a, a Disney Plus show. I don't know, man. It's not it's not my favorite. Are we ready to talk about uh the uh, this little indie project that I don't know might have gone under the radar this week, uh, coming out of a small European studio called CD Project Red. Uh, it's a new indie title called uh, Let me check my notes. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Uh, have you guys heard of this one? No. Is it on the radar? Not at all. A little bit. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it supposedly like a pen and paper RPG at one point. Um, interesting I, i'm let me check my notes again yeah uh this bit sucks um but uh <laughs> cyberpunk looked they had a, a showing today it was their first one um it it's like 25 minutes you can probably catch it on demand at this point uh it looked shiny it looked expensive it had some things that made me think that uh i was nervous for how they were going to present not white people in that game yeah. um but it also like it's weird right like it the visual fidelity was good. The racism was bad. Uh, like it, it feels like a compromised project, like most right now. Um, does anyone have a, a smarter takeaway than me? I, I mean, want to be go super ahead. excited. Yeah. It's kind of like a different situation for Avengers, right? Where Avengers look is is an idea that on paper I fucking love, love, love. But then the footage is just not impressive at all from a gameplay standpoint. Cyberpunk. I don't know. I mean, the gameplay footage of it they're showing, like, I believe that there's a solid core gameplay loop. I believe they've got some solid world building and just a shitload to do in that game. And I am personally struggling to figure out how to care. I don't know, man. The thing for me that gets me is I think the core gameplay looks cool. I love the setting. However, just the vibe and the writing of it are not clicking with me at all. Yeah. Which is really disappointing. I'm a huge fan of just cyberpunk in general. I still remember that teaser from 2012 uh, when they announced the game. Like, I I still haven't felt anything like that um, from any of the footage that has come out, you know, since then of the actual game. Like... I've never been a fan of the whole, like, oh, climb to the top of the criminal underworld kind of thing. Like, that's not a fantasy that appeals to me. Um, I like the, like, fight the power, fight the corporation stuff from Cyberpunk. Um, And maybe, maybe they'll give you options to be able to do that. But, like, um, I, but then, like, I watch the footage today and you're driving in this fast car and you do a jump and then it says street cred up. And, like, that's just not what i want from this kind of world and and it bums me out because witcher 3 is one of my all-time favorite games like um for a whole lot of reasons i love what they're doing with the whole super immersive first person stuff i've been wanting a game to do that for a long long time i i think the core gameplay looks fun i like how they talk about player choice but like just the core vibe of the game just isn't clicking with me um and it's a bummer yeah and I, I, the one thing that i can say that that this is like me trying to be as um optimistic as possible um 
was that it looked like it had immersive sim elements, and uh, it would be very cool to see this game put. I think I think all of us like immersive sim. Uh, on this on this group tonight, yeah. uh, but like immersive sims don't yes. fucking sell. Nobody fucking buy. There's a reason Sony took a fat check, uh, or wrote a fat check to get uh, 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 Death Loop and uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Ghostwire Tokyo. Which is that these immersive sim looking games do not sell well, and I'm very happy that people are going to get to play them. This could make immersive sim style games more popular, right? Like like art. Oh, absolutely. Is shit at making these games. They're very good at doing it. Uh. uh the Deus Ex games this gen, uh, having mixed stuff, but they were very good immersive sims. So, like, I'm hoping those elements are there, but the one thing that did sell me, I saw one gameplay clip where you're going to do a fight club. Uh, did you guys see this clip? Uh, it was, like, not in the trailer. It was released later. Yeah. You're fighting a character named Serto, and when you get there, Serto, uh, there's two people, and they're both Serto, and then you start talking to them, and they reveal that they were twins that had such a good connection that they ended up splitting their, their consciousness uh, into uh, one consciousness, two bodies. Which was like a really dope concept, which is like what I want. Yeah, that out shit of was cool. That, that shit's cool. cool. that shit's cool. But having like your Latinx character end every sentence with like cojones and puta is like not good. No. So don't do that. By the way, it's just. By the way, it's really funny. They're still like they showed a trailer over a year ago of him betraying you and you killing him, and they're still showing footage of you going around and palling around with him, which is the weirdest thing. Like. It, uh, it, it, it could just be that this game is really hard to mark. Like, but like, I feel like I feel like we haven't given a rundown on like the gameplay. The thing that stuck out to me was they did this really cool like Arkham meets Watchdogs. Like, relive this crime that happened and see how it played out. Thing, which is cool. It looked interesting. It seemed like a bizarre thing to choose to demo, but I'm here for that because at least it wasn't all yeah, action. Something semi unique, um, you know. I... Yeah. So it's like, maybe this game doesn't demo that well. Like, maybe it's really hard to show the diversity of the ways you could play. I know they did something where it's like, here's a stealth run, and here's how you would do it action. Um, so, and that, that was a really cool video. I was really yeah. into the gameplay that they showed in that video. Yeah. Like, I'm just, like, and also, it's kind of weird. Um, the, the game got delayed from September to November, but, like, also they've talked a little bit about next-gen upgrades, and, like, it's kind of weird on that front where they said it will look and play better on day one when it's released on both um, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. However, it's not getting, like, a full actual, like, next-gen update till 2021. Um, but, um, so I, I'm kind of, like, I was already going to kind of I was already considering waiting till I could play it on a next-gen console because I do not think that this game's going to run well on the current-gen yeah, systems. This is, this is like a weird speculation poll that I guess I'm going to throw to both of you, which is that this game will... Ob like, I, I mean, pour one out for people who have, like, base model, like me, base model PS4 or an Xbox One. This game is not going to run well. Uh, do we have any hope uh, for uh, 60F? Uh, 60 fps modes for ps5 and xbox series x i feel like we do but it's gonna be like no only only if they're like locked to the same settings as yeah. the base consoles or something yeah. if they want to offer it's just modes like, of like a performance versus yeah like resolution versus frame rate mode kind of like we're doing on like they did that with witcher xbox one x they did that with witcher so maybe there's but like know. i i have a lot of concerns that that we might not see a lot of that early on in the next gen consoles life I don't know. We actually Call have a a feeling. several games confirming that. So 
uh, multiple modes so far. Call Demon me Souls, just cynical Avengers. And, and very yeah. scared because I'm somebody who loves, I prioritize frame rate over resolution all the time. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, once you've, once you've, once you've hit 120 frames per second on a game, like going down to 30 is just not great. And that sounds so stupid, but like, I want, I want that option. I want the people who want to play their game at 4k stuttering at 20 frames per second to have that option. And I want to have, I want to have my 60 frames per second. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's hard to know because they have a lot of weird tech in that, right? Like they, they do have rich. Based on what I was watching from from Digital Foundry, like it seems like they are so far being pretty selective about how they're using that technology. So it's like, I can see a world in which they have their limited ray tracing brought onto uh, Series X and PS5, and they're gonna do they, like 4K or or checker, you know, whatever dynamic. They actually but, announced that they're gonna be using ray tracing for quite a bit more than they originally had. I just don't think oh. it was all on in the de- in the footage that they showed because originally it was just supposed to be global illumination, but now it's global illumination, reflections, shadows, and ambient occlusion. Uh, so, like. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do a very heavily ray traced 30 FPS crank everything up, um, you know, for their like 2021 update for the next gen consoles. But at launch, it's just probably going to be like essentially like a boost mode sure. upgrade kind of thing. I'm I am deeply curious in this game. I haven't seen it's like there there's always tidbits in these demos that that resonate with me that make me really curious. And like it's like same I never... same. I'm never in a position where I'm like, no, nah, this game isn't going to work, right? Like, when I see Avengers, I'm like, no, nah, this game's not going to yeah. work for me. I can see some people who would like it, but it's not going to work for me. But, like, every time I see Cyberpunk, there's always something. But it's also just like, wow, 80% of this seems like it doesn't play the way I want it to. I don't know about this one. So it's it's weird. Um, yeah, and the thing is, maybe with the player choices, you know, especially yeah. later on, yeah. I could end up playing the game the way I want to play it and end up having a character with a totally different vibe than the stuff that they've they've shown yeah. so far. Um, it's just, I mean, that's very possible. <laughs> it's just like, and granted, like, press was going to talk about it because they had press demos today anyway, but, like, the things that they're choosing to, like, hype up are weird to me, right? Like, one of the things that I'm glad they, they got rid of is they used to have, like, uh, uh, they used to have male uh, male or female were, like, the only options, and you were locked into that. And they've gotten rid of it, which is great. But then, like, they're also hyping up, like, hey, we've got five types of pubic hair in our game. And it's like, okay, like, you can have that. But, like, why are you fucking talking about that right now? Like, talk to me about, like, what it's like to move through your world and, like, how, are, how can you, like, my, my biggest fear about... Uh, whenever you try to play as a marginalized character in a game, is like, I am terrified for how CD Projekt Red is going to have people interact with you, right? Like, I am terrified to see if CD Projekt Red... Like, I can see them being like, we're going to try to put racism in this game. And I'm like, I'm terrified. I don't want them to try it because they're going to fuck it up. And like, I... I guess it's not worth me stressing over that, but it's just like, how they are choosing to market this and what they're choosing to let people focus on is very strange to me. Well, it's not like um, there's any examples of high profile games released recently that had awful marketing that completely betrayed everything that was good about the game. Right. Yeah. I'm just, I have a lot of anxiety around, um, you know, cyberpunk has always been a, a place where people can create themselves in a futuristic society that can accept them or be terrible to them. Um, and I think that when it's a pen and paper RPG, you have a lot of control about how you are represented and how you react to being represented. And I think that CD Projekt Ed wants to represent that, but also there is scripted moments and I, it will, I have an apprehension about, um, 
what those scripted moments are going to feel like. But that's natural, and they're not going to quell that with a fucking 30-minute demo. Um, but I guess I'm just, like, throwing out into the into the ether that I'm I'm nervous. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm nervous. Like, I think nervous is... I've been nervous ever since that ad that they they needed to show that had the, the, the trans woman with the incredibly obvious and backwards penis. Um, like, and that started a lot of the discourse about, like, how are they going to handle a lot of this stuff? Um, and there's been some stumbling blocks and I'm fully prepared to, for them to potentially handle things fairly well in the final game, right? Like I yeah. unfortunately just kind of realized that, that much like with the gameplay, much like with every other aspect of this game, it's something that's probably just going to have to come out and other people are going to have to get their hands on 100%. before I can decide whether or not yeah. it's for me. You know, I, I just don't, yeah. I don't know that anything coming out before then is, is going to fully, convince me or allay my fears and lock me into the game. But I also don't know that anything I, well, no, there's definitely things I could see that would fully shut me down. But like, you know, I mean, I I think that like one part of this conversation that we left out is like the, I have apprehension and a lot of people have apprehension is that CD project red does not have a good track record representing things like trans rights, right? Like just fucking last year, they had a series of transphobic tweets yeah and like and then and then they also released like art that like hyper fetishized trans uh trans people and they chose that for a promotional image and then they like backtracked and like the artist was like i thought that was sexy and it's like great but if you're not a trans person you don't get to decide like if you should hypersexualize a trans person for your promotion art like the problem is that it's okay to have all of these things in your game but like it is also like you have to no, it's uh, you have to build you have to build credibility that you're good service for it and they yeah. haven't done that yet some people get benefit of the doubt yeah. some people don't cd project red does not really get benefit of the doubt in these situations which is not to say they can't nail it but like they're gonna have to nail it and then probably nail it again a second time before they start getting benefit of the doubt on those sorts of uh subjects yeah like yeah. i want to be hyped out of my mind because i loved witcher 3 had a shitload of problems but i like the witcher 3 a lot and and PR fumbles that shouldn't be fucking PR fumbles have just like made me like extremely distrustful um, of of uh, uh, of how they're gonna do it, and I and I, I so desperately want to be wrong. But just just the the one thing that gives me some hope is they have hired new people to handle their marketing lately that have been doing a much better job and that I am familiar with from their previous work. Sure. Um, and I like them and. Honestly, especially when the conversation about that poster came, I really actually appreciated some of the ways that people from the studio responded. Um, and I think they are exploring some interesting topics that could be, you know, really neat to um, look at through the lens of cyberpunk. How they're going to handle it, I'm not sure. But, um, but like, it's there's got to be way more to it than what we can show in promotional materials and stuff. So I do have some hope. I mean, I'm I'm skeptical. I'm not I'm not saying that I'm not, but um, yeah. No, but it, it's also just extremely easy to be skeptical of like expensive, ambitious. Like I don't think I can't yes. think of a game right now that's as ambitious as this one. Um, so it's easy, you know. No, this is. I mean, this this is like this is like a rock star level production, if not yeah. even bigger. Um, yeah. with just the amount of moving parts and ver and different things that are going to be um going to be in it. And we're going to have to wait to see um, how it pans out. Yeah, for sure. 
for sure. I, again, I, I didn't mean to, to pop off with my anxiety. Um, but I mean, I think there's no way to avoid that. Yeah. Listen, you know. This is my second to last episode. I'm going to get all of my yeah. weird stresses out. Get it out there, man. Yeah. yeah. Do we do we have any other things that we want to touch on before we um, wrap for tonight? Uh... Um, well, kind of building on what you just said, um, Zach, uh, next week we have several members that are going to be um, departing um, the show. Uh, Zach, uh, Reb, and Maddie are all going to be on for their um, final episode as members of SDGC. Um, they're also going to be hanging around Twitter, our Discord. Um, so you'll still be able to, um, you know, talk to talk to them um, as part of the SDGC community. Um, you know, they'll probably guest from time to time. Uh, and But um, we are going to be having a big farewell show for them next week. So it's probably going to be a silly, off-the-wall episode. Um, but that's kind of what we want, and we hope as many of you um, will join us to send them off. Yeah. I mean, and I, I touched on this last week, um, but uh, just happy to reiterate it, which is just that um, I joined SEGC uh, a number of years ago, um, and it's been a really, really good place to obviously um, have fun talking about games with, with friends, um, but also... Um, like the community here has, has been really great and uh, continuously, uh, whether it's here in chat or in Discord or on Twitter, uh, people who will like push back uh, and uh, bring us a perspective that we that we uh, as a as a uh, as someone like literally just pointed out in the chat, an incredibly homogenous group. Uh, like most of the time, like it is so good to to have um, a group that um, is willing to do that uh, important work uh, to both make us better, but also think harder. Um, and it's, it's just been a pleasure. Um, and, uh, you know, when we say departed, it always sounds very fi final. Um, like I'm a, like, I'm going to die. Like Reb's going to die. Like Maddie's going to die. We'll be around. We'll be in discord. We, we might come on as guests. We might be in the chat from time to time. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I'm going to miss y'all. I mean, you're not really going, but you're Me going, too. but I'm going to miss you buds. Yeah. All right, I guess I'll say it. Uh, our close off. Do it. Uh, our close off. What? What a Freudian way to put that. Uh, our closing off for the show. Uh, it is. It is not always poetry. We don't always agree, but we always keep it real. Take care of each other. Good night.